Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. God is a person. The born-again man or woman has a personal relationship with him, and relationships are dynamic. They may grow or they may be neglected. We have to work at them to get the most out of them. And for our relationship with God to grow, we must practice certain disciplines. And today, we explore what may be the central discipline for a dynamic, growing relationship with God. Now I want to talk about another application. We have another word for us. If the application before was listen and growing a relationship with God, this word is going to be imitate. The word is imitate. And here's the first thing. We can come to know God better and grow in our relationship with Him by imitating Him. We can come to know God better and grow in our relationship with Him by imitating Him. Back in the 1400s, Thomas Akempis wrote a book called The Imitation of Christ. Now, I want to speak to you long enough this morning so I can tell you what's wrong with that idea, and even wrong with the idea of imitating God, but let's start there at least. What the weakness is in it. But if you want to grow in your knowledge of God, you have to imitate Him. This is how it works when children mature, and when they come to understand human life, and where they come to relate as a human being with their environment, and in which they come into deeper appreciation with the parents that God has given them, they grow in this understanding through imitating their parents. I know I've used this as an illustration before. I can remember as a boy sneaking beneath the split rail locust fence in my parents' yard in Pickle, Ohio, and making my way over into old Mr. Kern's yard. Everybody was afraid in my neighborhood, all the kids did, of old Mr. Kern's. He was the grumpiest man in the neighborhood, but on the side of his house, he had some flowers that had thick, tough blades, and I had determined that I wanted to pluck one of those blades. I climbed through the fence, grabbed it, pulled it loose. I had to have been four years old, five years old, I remember it, ran for my life, ran back underneath the fence, ran in the back door, rushed into the family bathroom, and my timing was perfect because there in the bathroom, my dad was preparing to shave. He was lathering himself up. And then I grabbed the brush and I pulled off the excess foam from his brush and I put it on my face. There was dad cut it, shaving himself to a nice clean shave and there was I next to him straight blading my way with a lily razor right alongside of him. There's nothing more fulfilling to a child than being able to imitate the parent that they love. And there's nothing more satisfying to a parent than to have a child that wants to and that desires to and takes joy in imitating them. This is the way of life. This is the way of growing in relationship. And God has keyed this into our very relationship with Him. If you want to know Him and become intimate with Him, you've got to be committed to imitate Him as your Father. That's what we have here in this passage. We're to be holy as He is holy. If we're going to call him father, we're to conduct ourselves in such a way, in a kind of fearful imitation. And by the way, fear is that idea of not losing intimate contact. Children who fear their parents aren't afraid of them. 
they're fearful when they're punished because they're afraid. They don't want to lose that intimate contact with their parents. It's a good idea when you discipline your children to not let them linger in that fear too long, but to take them up in your arms and hold them and hug them. Imitation is how we grow near to God. Here's the second idea here. Obeying God's commands should be our first step in imitating Him. Obeying God's commands should be our first step in imitating Him. Actually, every page of the Bible gives us a developing revelation of what God is like. And in many of those passages, it's not directly stated, but it's implied within the narrative and different things that are revealed there. But if you want to see a direct expression of God's attributes as they're bearing upon how it is God wants us to imitate Him, read the Ten Commandments. In the Ten Commandments, in a sense, God is pulling you up to the mirror next to Him. And he's showing you how he wants you to express yourself in your life, in the flesh, in a manner that is God-like or is responsive to him. In fact, every commandment in the scripture is always a call to be expressive of what God is like and a call to be responsive to what God is like. Expressive to what God is like. Parents do this with their kids. You know, the Kadiddlehoffers say to their children at the dinner table, listen, Kadiddlehoffers don't wipe their noses on their sleeves. Apparently, the Kadiddlehoffers are such refined people that they only wipe their noses on napkins. And so they want their kids to know that they're to live their lives in such a way that they're to be expressive of their unique refinement. At the same time, Mrs. Kadiddlehoffer may find herself saying something like, don't talk back to your mother. And now what she's saying is that she wants the child to live their life in such a way that it is a reflection or it is responsive to her authority. And that their obedience and submission is somehow an expression of a known authority they have. The Lord Jesus did this. The Lord Jesus gave a command that clearly is a command to be responsive to his authority. He said in Matthew chapter 28, All authority has been given unto me in earth and heaven. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's responsive. He said, I have all authority. Now you go. Why? Because I have all authority, and I've told you to do it. Let me ask you, though, is it also expressive? Is it also expressive of his nature? To go into all the world and proclaim the gospel? Pick your Bible up. Go through it and begin reading in Genesis all the way through, and you'll see in every account, in every story, that God is a God on mission. That God is the God of mission. That He's constantly seeking to go out and beyond. The Lord Jesus said He has come to seek and to save those who are lost. And the Lord Jesus says of the Father that He searches for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is the ultimate missionary. And so it's both a response to His command and His authority, but it's also an expression of His very nature. And that's what all the commands are like. All the commands are calls for us to be giving expression to and responding to God's nature. And if you're in a healthy relationship with God, it means that you will best learn what God is like and best juxtapose yourself against those things that are true about God when you obey Him, when you do what He asks you to do. Now, this is a third thing here. It means this. Therefore, obedience can be Obedience should be an act of pursuing a deeper knowledge of God. 
That's it. This is how the Ten Commandments, in a sense, change for us. We're not coming to them and trying to measure up in order to gain something, to gain some privilege or honor or earn heaven. We're coming to these commandments with one overriding desire, and it is this. We have a personal relationship with God, and we want to get next to Him and near to Him so that we might know Him and understand Him better. Have you ever thought and stopped for a moment to think why it is that God gives us the commands that He gives us? Have you said, why? Have you ever felt like God was telling you to do something and you've said, why? You know, our kids do that. Kids do this all the time. You tell the child to clean the room and they say, why? Is someone coming over? And we say, no, because I told you so. Back to the responsive to authority thing here, right? You know, if you're always asking why in kind of a defiant way, a questioning way, then you may demonstrate that you're not willing to be appropriately responsive to God's authority over your life and your relationship with Him. But let me suggest to you, if you never ask why, you might demonstrate that you have no interest in understanding or exploring the nature of God and the attributes of God behind what He commands you. And so, Maybe your children are not always wrong to ask why when you tell them to do certain things. It may be that God has put within them a desire to understand you better and to understand their lives better. And it calls for you. Sometimes, yeah, just do it because I said so. But that's not always the right response. Asking why is maybe not such a bad thing. God, why do you want me to do this? God, what is it about yourself? What is it about your life that you want to express of yourself through me that is expressive of and true to what you're calling me to be? God, why is it that you want me to be holy as you are holy? And how is it that doing this will be a reflection of your holiness? Now, what that shows is that you're interested in God, that you're wanting to grow in your relationship with Him. What it also does is it changes the commandments from being simply a mere ethical guideline for better social conduct. It changes the commandments from being a place where you scale to some higher point of moral superiority than someone next to you. And now they become practical manners or ways in which you can act like God or act godlike, and so come near to God and come to understand Him and know Him you understand when the Lord Jesus came to this earth that he didn't live a perfect, sinless life because he was attempting to measure up to the law? You understand the reason that he lived a perfect life was because the law measured up to him? He was doing, he was living what was true to himself and his nature and his character. That means the law is expressive of what is true of God. So we come to it, that ought to be the desire we have, to know Him and understand Him. I once heard a pastor speak on the seventh commandment, which prohibits committing adultery, and he listed a series of reasons as to why adultery was wrong or ill-advised. He spoke of how it injured the two parties emotionally, he spoke about the damage that it would bring into the homes and the marriages of these families, and of the damage that it brought to the whole of society. But when his message was done, he failed to mention what his sin did to God. And yet when David was found in adultery and he repented of it, 
in Psalm 51.4, what did David say? Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. David knew that obedience was a means of expressing God's nature through our lives. It was a means of drawing near to God, to understand God and know God and submit to God. And he also knew that disobedience was an assault against that nature. That the failure to take God's commandments seriously said something about his carelessness in his relationship with God and who God was and his lack of interest in knowing God than it said about his ethical or moral prowess. That's always the case. That's always the case. Well, let's give some applications here. First application is this. If all this is true, what does this all mean? If what we're saying is true, that we should imitate God, that the laws show us a way to imitate God, and thirdly, that actually the following these laws and obedience to these laws are a way for us to grow into a deeper knowledge and understanding of God, then the first thing of application ought to be this. It means that when you obey God's commandments, you should seek to know how they are expressive or responsive to God's nature. You should ask yourself, what does this command and my obedience to it say about God? What does this say about God? You've been listening to the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We meet to worship together every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church on the corner of East State Street and Walnut Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise, Idaho. If you don't have a church home and you're in the area, come pay us a visit. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.